And we're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by a former, my former co-host, a former host, as Jeff, as Jeff likes to say, Mark Davison. Mark, great to have you back. Yeah, I've got no job at the moment. I think I'm out. I think I'm out of uh, out of luck here. Um, I think from the comments I said about the power rankings with the uh, the accent has put me put me in the um, uh, in the back shed, and I'm not not allowed out. So that's that's quite interesting. But uh, we'll work through it. You know, hopefully I can get back in the back in the good books. <laughs> no, 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 I think look, I, I, you're in, you're in my good books on this one, so all good. You know, you're in Schofield's <laughs> good books, so you know, all good there. Um, but look, listeners, we're referring there to the fact that Mark had a he questioned co-editor Jeff Hartman's ability to do an Aussie accent um, a few weeks ago, and let's just say it wasn't it wasn't taken lightly. It wasn't taken lightly. So there's a there's a bit of bants going on there between Mark and Jeff, and um, you know, we'll just we'll just figure out a way for for Mark to sort of you know work his way back into the mix and okay. repent. At this very moment, I feel like the long snapper or the holder like Barry. I just feel I'm just happy to be here, to be honest. Uh, you know, I might have said a few things, but I'm just happy to hold the ball on the kickoff. If it's windy, I'll put my, my finger out there and be part of the team. Uh, or like Switz used to be on punt returns, just wave the, the fair catch. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, still is going to week 13. They go in 11-0. We talked about it in part one. And if, if you're just tuning in as well and you missed part one, go back and have a listen to that. Um, we looked at the Ravens game and we looked at where the sort of Steelers were sitting and we talked about Bud's injury and what have you. But they're going up against this week against the WFT team, the Washington football team, um, which is really interesting for me because my dad is a Washington, a Washington supporter. So, um, you know, not as religious as what sort of I am with the Steelers, but he is a Washington football team supporter and he's been pretty negative about them for quite a while now. So, um, you know, I would keep telling him, oh, I think they've got a bit of potential. He's like, mate, they need a positive record before I'll start watching again. It's been too many years of, of losing and what have you. Um, but they're in the NFC East, um, which I think has been called on social media now, NFC least. Um, <laughs> but Washington are four and seven, um, just sitting there in number two behind... Um, the Giants, I think it is actually. Um, And I think it goes down to the points conceded and stuff. They've got it. Not only do they have a great coach in Ron Riviera who can coach the football and Jack Del Rio, you know, has had held, has held, you know, uh, head coaching roles as well. They've got a very good young team, Washington. You know, there are some older players, but there's a nice mix of some youth and an incredible defensive front as well. Mark, what from what you've seen of highlights or in parts of games or even full games, what stands out about this Washington football team? I think it's their ticker. I think it's it's uh, they're very similar. Um, this football team or the Washington now, um, I believe you know they they they're not playing like some of the teams like Jags and Jets. Let's put it that way. They you've got Riverboat Ron, and they're, they're trying to build culture around there. I don't think it's going to be with Alex Smith. Maybe um, they'll use Haskins in maybe next year. But at this point, they're playing hard football. They're running the ball really well. Uh, I know it's Gibson. Gibson's the the first running back, correct? The rookie fella? Yep. Yeah, I can't remember who the second bloke is. Peyton Barber. Uh, Barber? 
Oh, and they've got JD McKissick as well, but he can he's often like lines up at the wide receiver position yeah. as well. But they're playing good football um, by running the ball. They're doing the things that we aren't really on the football sense of for running it. Um, I might pronounce this wrong, but it's uh, McLaren. Is he the bloke with the receiver? Terry McLaurin, yeah. Yeah, McLaurin. He's playing some good football. So this team is they're four and seven, but hey, they can still they can still fight for the division. So. This is one of the games I I would see it's going to be a close game. Uh, I, I think that Alex and the running game will help them out and maybe put up maybe over 21 points. Um, you can't discount them on defense too, like with Chase Chase Young. Chase Young, number yeah, one draft pick. Yeah, so they've got these parts here. And, and I, I feel like they, they have a chance to win this division. And if that doesn't give you motivation to go out and beat the Steelers and be their only team, and they've got this the nickname, the football team, that beat the Steelers, you say, which one? You go, well, Washington. Um, they've got a bit of a, you know, a bit of a funny thing around them. But um, I think Alex Smith wants to come out and prove himself just for, just for himself. Like, I haven't got the roster in front of me. You might be able to help me with a few names uh, later on. But I, I don't I, – I, this game, I don't think it's an easy win. I, I really don't. No, I, I completely agree with you. And we've been talking about it off air as well. Um for, for several weeks, actually, that Washington's coming up. Can't wait to preview that game, and you know who's, you know, who's the who in that Washington football team is going to put pressure on the Pittsburgh Steelers um, because it is a really, really, really good football team in terms of the fact that whilst their record doesn't show it, they've got players that can stand up, and you know it'll be it's the teams that start sleeping on them that you know. That's when they get found out. But yeah, you talked there about their rushing offense, Mark, like completely like, and Gibson is having a great year for them. I mean, what, what Steelers fans might be surprised to know is that Antonio Gibson has rushed for exactly the same number of yards as James Connor, but he's got six more touchdowns than James Connor. So he's had 11 touchdowns on the year. You know, we'd be pretty thrilled if James Conner had 11 touchdowns by this point in time. You know. And and he's a rookie as well, right? Yeah. And he's played two less games. Oh, well, he started. Sorry, wrong. I'm incorrect. He's actually started. He's played one more game, but he started two less games. So he's not been the lead, you know, the lead back there. So, yeah, exactly. Rookie doing really, really well. Um, and he's actually showing up as well when it comes to like, you know, some, the, the stat leaders as well. Like, you know, he's, I think third in the NFL, um, at the moment for, for rushing touchdowns, um, and ri- really right up there. Equally McLaurin is in the top 10 for, you know, receiving yards, as you said there, Mark, like he, he's doing really, really well. I think that's where the opportunities are going to come for the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, because, Outside of McLaurin, and you mentioned there that their their rushing offense in that Peyton Barber's had a couple of touchdowns, 173 yards. JD McKissick's had you know 223 yards and one touchdown. But when you look at their wide receiving core, it's predominantly been led by McLaurin because other than that, their tight end Logan Thomas has had 300 yards. That's a, and there's a gap of about 640 yards compared to McLaurin. Everyone else is hovering around this 150, you know, 245 mark. Um, Gibson and, and McKissick have, you know, sort of teamed up for a couple hundred yards, you know, each. But 
I wouldn't call this, and it makes sense with the troubles they've had at quarterback, I wouldn't call this a stable offense. And we've just spent part one talking about the Steelers' defense. There's opportunities this week. Yeah, definitely. Like, this is... Yeah, this team, I don't think they're going to lay down and let the Steelers uh, Steelers win and, and, and put 40. Like, this is the team that, yeah, playing for the division. But I, I really like the way how... Uh, Terry, I can't pronounce his name. Sorry, guys. Terry McLaurin. Um, maybe I haven't got that in the... Terry Mick. Uh, Tezza. I'll say Tezza. At Tezza's <laughs> yeah. playing. Um, he, he runs that offense really well. Um, Alex Smith is a veteran. I, I can't... This is really strange for me to say. But I kind of want to see this team do well. I've got a little, little bit of a, a soft spot for them uh, with like Alex Smith and, and players like that getting back into the league. Like I said, oh, I hope that Highsmith tackles him safely. Um, just for what he went through, and that sounds so silly, but it's true. Like, I, I, I think this is a close one. I don't know if we're going to do predictions. Or I still need to write my uh, little bit of article, but I, I don't. I, there, are, there are more points in this Washington team than there are the Ravens team. RG3 played terrible last week. And I think his, his days are up. Yeah, I agree. They'll be looking. They'll be looking for another, you know, backup quarterback next year, um, big time. Or perhaps, you know, maybe you get a quarterback that knows how to throw the football better, and then you can have a one quarterback that runs it, one that passes it, and you can have a Drew Brees and um, Taysom Hill little combo going there. But um, where I think this game's going to be won and lost because we know the defense will turn up to play. For me, this particularly after the game we just saw. This game will be won on loss on lost on how the Steelers offense rocks up to play. Because I talked about the defensive front. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna list a couple of names here. Like and and they've got some guys that are injured. So like just remember that like Ryan Anderson might miss this game. Matthew Ioannidis is is injured, I believe, out of this um and has been for several weeks. But they've got Montez Sweat, who's their leader in in sacks. Um they've got Chase Young, they've got Deron Payne, who I think's ex-Alabama. They've got, you know, Ronald Darby. They've got Kendall Fuller, who, who are both not bad cornerbacks. Um, they've got a few guys there. They've got Kevin Pierre-Lewis, who has previously, you know, played well on some of the teams that he's played. And they've got Jonathan Allen, again, who's a great defensive tackle. But you know what? They're, guess which player they've got, Mark? John Bostick. They've got John Bostick, and that's what the Steelers are going to do. The Steelers are going to throw it right over the middle to Chase Claypool and Eric Ebon and like and Vance McDonald or whoever's whoever's there at that tight end position this week. We, whoever we put in that in that position to catch it over the middle, and John Bostick's going to get ripped for several yards down the middle. I liked John Bostick when he was playing for us, but I pretty much like anyone. But I, I liked how I know that Bostick can't cover. But he suits that that defense really well because they can get they can pressure the quarterback. Like this might be a tough game for Big Ben in, in the offensive line because they haven't done any sacks. But the Washington uh, football team, uh, I believe, is coming second. I don't know the number. Is it thirty four? Uh, yeah. thirty six sacks. Thirty six, and that's pretty, that's really good in, in in with a team that's going four and seven. Um, so they they pressure the quarterback in unique ways, well, and yeah, and you talk about the four and seven. They've lost, I think it's, yeah, three games by less than four points. So they lost to the New York Giants by one point. They lost to the Giants again by three points. They lost to the Detroit Lions by three points a couple of weeks ago. Like, they've had some, they've had some close games. But equally, when they've won, they won by 10 points. They won by 22 points. They won by 11 points. And then they won by 25 points. 
So this is the sort of team that if you let them get on a roll, they're gonna they're gonna put you back against the wall. And whilst they've not versed, I mean, look, they're in NFC least, like that's their division, right? They've only otherwise had to had to play the the, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Baltimore Ravens, the Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, well, they're in their division. Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Like they've not had to verse and Cleveland Browns as well, but they've not had to verse you know crazily good teams either. Like and. But but what I more mean is that if they get on this in this role, the Steelers do not want to be playing catch up in this game. This is the game like Tennessee yeah. where you want to start hard and and really put them under pressure and potentially win the game in the first half. With with this team, I think this team got points in them. I think Alex Smith can can. Uh, he's been in, he's been in the league, and even Tomlin brought up in a in a press conference. Um, Smith can handle this this game and and. Throw two touchdowns, throw three. That's 21 points that Big Ben and crew has to match that. And if we don't stop the running game with Gibson and the fellas in the backfield, it's going to be an interesting game. Like, I, I, I would say, if anything, out of the rest, of the rest of the schedule, I think we can win them all. But if anything, if we were to lose a game, I think we would lose this game rather than lose against the Bills. I think the Steelers would be more ready for the Bills then they will against um, if they take this team lightly. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm trying to put like it all together. Yeah, definitely. No, 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 definitely. And that's the thing when you talk about Alex Smith and the difference that he's making on the offense, because they've won their last two in a row. They're like, like they're coming into this game with like, you know, a couple of wins on the board and they're, and they're starting to fire. Let's remember what he used to do with the Chiefs. With the Chiefs and Alex Smith and how, like, he's a check down Charlie. He would throw the ball um, five, ten yards in front. He'd work up, he'd get a field goal and then rely on the defense. Like, that's what they seem to be trying to do. And if the Washington football team get a bit better and start putting more points on the board, then they're really going to be hard to defend and, and beat, I think. Yeah, but also, like, I think he's, I think... It- uh, we talked about this with Ben. Like we talked about this a couple of times in the season, where I've suggested that Ben, a year out on the sidelines, helped Ben watch a lot of football and really come back. A hungry, really, really hungry, and B, he was seeing things that he doesn't always get to see. And we hear that talked a lot about in Australian sport, particularly when guys have injuries in key like playmaker style positions, and that when they come back, they can suddenly see the game in a whole new way, and they haven't really lost any pace, and they, their vision's really strong. I think the same thing goes for Alex Smith. I mean, you particularly like for him to come all the way back to being in a position where he's going to play NFL football after what he went through. You're going to see a bit of, you know, you're going to see a bit of passion there. You're going to see, you know, someone that comes out and wants it and will do whatever he can to get it. But I liked some of the passes he made last week. I was watching some highlights of him and he was running around in the, in the, in the backfield there and, and trying to pick his target and wait and, and trying to steer wide receivers open. And, that's where I think it's going to be quite lethal with those running backs, you know, that have got, you know, a couple hundred yards receiving each, you know, Gibson's got 233, McKissick's got 338. That's where it starts to get dangerous because if he can find those running backs in routes, you know, routes that the defense has sort of forgotten about or the running backs gotten past, you know, the, the middle of the field and what have you, that's where we're going to be in trouble. And as I said, in part one, we gave up a 70 yard touchdown last week. So, the deep pass, you know, from you know someone with yards after the catch and a key playmaker on on their on the opposition's offense is a risk. 
I think as well, Alex Smith has got his, you know, he's got his head on his shoulders. I yeah. believe that we can see the defenses and, and, and like I said, with the Chief days um, and how that kind of ended. But yeah, it's, 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 it's actually, it's quite of a cool meeting to see Smith and Ben might be their last time um, facing one another um, in, in the history of football. So that's, that's quite exciting to see that. Um, yeah, a little bit of me, like I said, I, I have a little bit of a soft spot for them. I do want the Steelers to win. I do want the Steelers to go 6-0. I do want them to improve. At the same time, this football team, if they can get certain pieces together, maybe next year they'll, they'll have something. I, I don't know. You know what else they might have next year? What's that? A proper name. True. You know what, though? I did hear reports they might not change it. Look, I don't, I, for all the... For all the stirring that we do give about it, I don't actually mind it, but I just think they should just call them Washington football, like just Washington, like just just leave it at that, like just. Yeah, they'll end up finding something. I think you do need a certain name. It helps with like the uh, to to build a brand and passion, like our Steelers, like. But uh, that's that's their that's their worry. But, but I don't I don't think the players overly care. They're just going to show up, and yeah, this is the game for them. Like, if they want to put the Steelers on notice, and like yeah. They're an 11 team and we're going to go to their house and cause them trouble. I can see that. And I can see Gibson going off. He runs the football. Uh, Steel fans out there, go and watch some highlights. I think when he versed the Cowboys uh, two weeks back, he got three touchdowns. And honestly, that's when I first noticed him. And like I've been watching my Steelers more than anything else uh, in my NFL life. Um, so when I first noticed Gibson, I was like, wow, who is this bloke? Like, if you, have, if you, don't, if you don't want that guy on your team, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's amazing to watch. He's amazing to watch. Yeah, and and he's having a really special year. Um, you know, and and he's the sort of rookie that you probably don't want you don't want to see to have that injury. But flipping back to the Steelers side of things, because we are here to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. What? Where do you think we've got a really strong advantage which is going to help us lead us to the win this week it might be what you said it just clicked into my my head this and maybe using the tight end over the middle uh, a little bit more taking advantage of the the linebackers if they're coming down into the box and trying to blitz ben ben's ben's having a great year he's going to see what's going on he sees the he sees the second play before we even throw the first play um so if they're going to pressure us i think the receivers need to get open catch the football, and, and get first downs. It didn't happen last week. It was a bit off and on. Uh, this week, if Washington is going to uh, try and blitz us, we're just going to burn them back with a big play or an easy slant com- completion and see what happens. That's it. That's it. What, what do you reckon, Matty? Yeah, so that's, that's what I talked a little bit about there is like, you know, how can they expose that middle of the field? But... I think it's one. This is the this is the sort of game as we talked about. They've they've got a couple of good like really strong performers so far on on offense in the Washington at uh, the Washington football team. They've got some. I've got a decent defense. They've got high caliber guys that can make you know put put teams under pressure. So for me, the the the, the thing that will allow them to gain an advantage, and I said there, you don't want to let the Washington football team rack up a bit of a lead, is complementary football. All three facets of the game need to complement each other. Ray Ray can't, can't, we can't have another instance of what we had last week because 
you know, you'll be down by two touchdowns very quickly. Equally, the offense can't drop the ball all the time, you know, and, and like if, if they're going to, if Washington get ahead or if, um, you know, if we're trying to chase a score or if we're trying to, you know, double up and, and, and capitalize on great field position that our defense have been able to, you know, provide for us. And then on the defensive side of the football, we can't afford lapses in the secondary that put pressure on the Steelers offense, having to catch the ball. Like I just said, like, and I know that their job is to catch the ball, their wide receivers, but it's more a situation whereby we need to actually complement each other and make things easier and start really turning all three cogs of the wheel, not trying to rely on one cog to, you know, get us over the line. And I feel like we've been, heading toward that sort of situation of just one cog for a little while now. And it goes back to what Tomlin's been able to say a few times this season is it's nice to learn and move on from a win, but every time you get a win and the pressure starts to build, we get close to that loss. If you can't start getting those other cogs going. It'd be nice as well to see them run the ball, but something tells me that they're just not, they don't want to. Something tells me that they're trying to, but Big Ben is taking control of this offense and they're still getting, uh, besides the drops last week, they're still moving the ball at a great pace. Our defense is giving them the short field. Um, I would like to see them run the ball effectively and get first downs and, and push forward. And you see that, that O-line is not, it's not pushing forward on any run. You think, oh, you see, you see, you can almost pick it sometimes now too. You can almost pick they're going to run the ball or, or or things like that. You can you can see it as a fan, but at the same time, the offensive line hasn't given up a sack in four games, which is that's ridiculous. Like that's awesome. When Ben yeah. used to get sacked all the time, so yeah, Ben's leading the NFL right now for the least amount of um, sacks, where he's getting sacked on only two point, I think it's two point eight seven percent per game. Exactly. So we have that greatness in that O line that they can, they're protecting Ben, keeping him upright, which we all want. Now we just want a little bit more for them to run run the ball. But with the short fields we've been getting from the uh, the punting and the defense and the turnovers, they're taking they're taking spots where they don't need to run. If they're on the fifty yard line, take a shot, take a shot, get up by seven, put more points on, put them put them under the pressure. So uh, and Big Ben threw the ball last week, I think fifty times. So that's that's quite interesting. Um, like I would like to see them run the ball more, but I'm starting to lean now, and I'm just just uh, trusting our coach and trusting what uh, the game plan is, which is give the ball to Ben, sling it, and hopefully he doesn't throw another duck egg like he did in the end zone. But besides that, he's playing well. So it's interesting we do want to throw the football more, and I think you know obviously we've talked a little about the Steelers this season and and how they've chosen to you know you know run the clock out in games and take the knees and stuff, but. And I've just got to bring it up because there's just too much talk about can the Steelers beat the Chiefs? And I think they can because we've got a great defense. Guess how many passes? So Ben Roethlisberger has thrown 291 passes, Mark, for out of, he's completed 291 out of 431 passes he's thrown. Guess which other quarterback has also completed 291 passes? Mahomes. Mahomes. Ben averages 254 yards a game while Mahomes averages just under like 0.1 of a yard under 318 yards a game. So like we do like to throw the football. 
Like, and I think we, I think Ben is actually throwing the football more than anyone else in the league this year. Yeah, he has, he has. So we actually lead in attempts. We lead in it. Oh, I'm wrong. Sorry, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's ahead of him at 474 passes. So, but we don't have necessarily the best rushing offense, and that's what it goes back to: is having a defense that flips the field. That's the difference. And, and that's. Oh, sorry, you go, Matty. Oh, I was just going to say, and an offense that can can actually score points when they turn up to play. Yeah, exactly. And that's nothing new. Like having Tom Brady and Big Ben uh, play quarterback and throw for all those pass attempts. That's that's just how their careers have, have really gone. They've always wanted to have control of the ball. They've always wanted to see the field their way and they want to play the game. Uh, yeah, Big Ben doesn't throw, doesn't throw in fear. Um, in, in that one interception where he thrown into the red zone, we have seen that numerous times throughout his career. He gets down to the end zone, there's points on the board uh, need to be had, and then he'll push the pass, we'll get picked off, and that can hurt us. That's one part of his game, but for that one part, you can't really change, and he puts on five TDs the next week. So uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Like, do we use... Uh, will Connor be out? Like, if we use uh, Benny Snell, will we run him more? Yes, that's an interesting call. Like I was actually trying to pull that up before, and then you and then you threw to me, like you know, a little <laughs> bit of a read between, like a little insight there for for the listeners, and like you know I how did it, it sort did of it goes on up. purpose. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's usually your sort of style. I, I was actually trying to figure that out. I think he has an ability to come back, but I'm not sure whether he's in a position to yet. No. So, so regardless, if he doesn't come back, we still need a trial. Uh, we need to work Benny more and McFarland as well. I think we've got to work those two, well, two, I, two rushes. But McFarland, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was almost going to say that he disappointed me when we looked at, you know, in part one when we looked at the Ravens, that he disappointed me. And it's disappointing. I was going to do a bit of a cop out answer like I did with Derek Watt. Like, it, it's a cop out because he's not really been given the holes. And I was thinking all season that, like, hopefully by now he's had a couple of breakout runs and then he goes in and he gets to play the Washington football team. In Maryland, you know, like he goes back to, you know, obviously he went to college at Maryland and he knows the area and it's, it's kind of like a local, it's in a, in a way a local game. Like, you know, and he goes back to his roots a little bit there in some ways. Um, and I was really hoping for that. I, I agree with you. I'd love to see him do stuff this week, but I just don't, I don't, as you said, I don't feel like the O-line's necessarily setting in the gaps that he needs. I don't think. I think he's struggled to adjust. And he's the sort of player, and I think it is the case for running backs because we saw it when Connor got to play in the preseason his first year and he made a couple of really big runs yeah. um, and on, on barreling runs as well. It's very hard, I think, at running back if you don't get a preseason and you don't get the, the snaps and you don't get the feel for the game and what have you. It's, it's funny as well. Like the, I just feel like the, the play calling is very generic, Eric, as well. So like we put them in the halfback set or shotgun and you know that Big Ben's going to throw it or it's going to be like a halfback draw or the the guard's going to pull. It just seems like uh, if I can see that tiny bit of percentage where it's going to be a run or the defense is going to stop this, then these defenses are figuring out how to stop the run. I don't see any any creativity uh, with their running game. I don't see any real push. Um, and the stats reflect, reflect, reflect that. Uh, at the same time, though, when we're down in the end zone, give it to Snell and he'll get the ball in. So... I don't know. It's such, a, it's such a weird idea. Would we rather them get a lot of stats, run the ball fantastically and just winning and be uh, nine wins or the way that Ben's playing now and we're 11-0? I would choose 11-0. 
Well, and- I would too. But like what I find interesting, so you know how I told you that James Connor and Antonio Gibson have the same amount of yards? Benny Snell actually has more yards than J.D. McKissick, and he certainly has more yards than Peyton Barber. So hypothetically, for all the rushing offense that we've seen in highlight reels for Washington, um, the Steelers technically have a more productive rushing offense. So I agree with you, like, in terms of, is this the game that Benny Snell can really step up if Connor's out? Like, equally, even if Connor's in, I would be letting Benny Snell start, start the football game. Let Benny get on a run, you know? Like, let Benny get into the rhythm of it. because And let Benny pound against a tough defensive line, you know? Like, and mix it up in that. Equally, I've been pretty impressed with Benny's, you know, receiving um, receiving offense this year as well. Like, he's caught... I think it's a minimum of 60% of his passes, like if not more. He, I feel like he's caught them when he's needed to. He's not dropped a, you know, a key ball or fumbled a key ball that he's received or anything like it. So like, I'm interested to see how they can work him into the wider rotation as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, I, I honestly, like I watch this game as a fan, like a lot of us do. Uh, I still, I still want that 80 yard run, but I don't think we're going to see it. Uh, even I don't, as I said, I think, yeah. I think it goes back to not having a preseason. I think understanding the, the repetition, the, repetition, repetition, and also the speed of the game, you know, like, and he had injuries in previous years as well. Like, I think he's the sort of player that you could, you could see a much better year two out of him when he's had a chance to get through a full off season with the Steelers. You know, he's not coming off injuries, you know, in drafts and, you know, all the rest of it. Like when he's been able to settle, I think, yeah, next year will be, next year will be very interesting. Um, and also you don't know what the Steelers, I mean, looking forward to 2021, you don't know what the Steelers of rushing offense is going to look like if they don't have Connor and who they might bring in and, you know, if they draft someone or like, you know, in, in one of the high rounds. So this is the sort of game that's a real, op- real opportunity for Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane Jr., particularly if James Connor's out. Yeah, if he's out again, those those fellas just got to at least like I want to try and see them get four yards of carry because I know that the the yard per carry is like two point two or something. It's so low, and you can just see them run into the back of the O line, and the play's over. Uh, and and then Ben is starting to take more responsibility and get this this um, ball moving. Um, but yeah, this could be the week too, Matty, that uh, Benny Snell runs out there and got gets one hundred and twenty yards. Like you just you don't know every week. I, 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 what I've learned through doing these podcasts with you and, and BTSC, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm a big fan. I want to see things happen. We're 11-0. Let's go. Let's get Big, uh, big Ben firing five TDs. That's what I want to see. I, I don't know. Is that your bold prediction of the week? Uh, no, no. Uh, my, my bold prediction this week is um, to do with uh, Alex Smith and with the with Bud being out. Now, this Alex one, Smith or Alex Highsmith? Uh, Alex Smith. But at the same time, I want to see Ola Adenahi get at least one sack. Am I allowed to have him for one sack? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to because what I see him on the uh, punt returns and kickoffs, he plays with such aggression. So I think he'll get to lease Alex Smith. You know what? I'm going to put it at two. You're going to say Ola Adenahi to okay. get. Okay. Will, will he will he be there? Will, will Ola be there enough to get two? Do you think if he can, do you know will he, will he play enough snaps? Oh, I mean, well, technically, if you play two snaps, you might, you might be able to get two <laughs> yeah. sacks. So, I'm going to go mean, for it. We're six and four. I'm six. And, I'm up by. Uh, I'm six. Maddie's four. I'm going for it. All I gets two. Um, why not? 
Wow. Okay. We don't live, we don't live in our fears. You, you do not live in your fears, that's for sure. <laughs> so that would be a Denier's first and second sacks of his career, and you're doing them in one game. Yeah, he's, gonna wear Debo, he's wearing Debo's number. He's got it. <laughs> I thought Debo might be coming back. Debo's wearing his own number. Yeah, yeah that, that, that is Debo playing. Yeah, no, he'll yeah. get two. He'll come out and have a breakout game. This is what this is what happens with our players. Uh, Bob Spillane came out and uh, rocked up Derek Henry, then got a pick. So yeah, he's gonna he's gonna just jump into this defense and get two. What's yours? Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick has one takeaway, and Stephen Nelson has an interception. Oh, so you've got oh, okay. So if he plays, if uh, he plays, assuming he plays, there's right. nothing issue, no issue with the knee. I think you're gonna see Minka. Either get an interception or like a false fumble or whatever, but I think if if Nelson's in, you'll see him intercept Alex Highsmith. You know, you know what's so um, you know what's so funny? We've we've hyped up the uh, Washington football team so much, and now we've already given them two sacks, one fumble, and interception. No, but but they're the sort of <laughs> team, but, but, but I I think it's fitting though. I, you know, like I, I get like I, I see the funny side in it, but I do I do think that that's the sort of team they are, where they're not bad, but they're not. I mean, their record is bad. They're under 500%, but like under 500. But they're a team that will shoot themselves in the foot or a team that just doesn't quite have it or not everything's clicked into gear. This team with another draft under its belt with Ron yeah. Riviera with a proper offseason, you yeah. know, he's not battling I, cancer I and what have you. Yeah. Next year's a total different proposition. And like, and that'll be good. Like, you know what? I think it'll be one of those like zero to heroes. Like it's the NFC least now in the year that we're playing them which is help which is it is helpful um yep. but next year when you've got like dallas and, and what they're doing as well like with dallas and washington it'll be a it'll be an interesting year i think next year but and and haskins is going to play as well uh most likely for the for the washington football team um yeah they, they've got they've got a good side if they can get it like you said uh riverboat ron he, he led the did he lead the panthers to the super bowl Whereas yeah. my memory's totally... No, they, so they went to the Super Bowl and then they lost to the Denver Broncos. Right, but he led them to a 15-0 team, didn't he? 15-1. Yeah, 15-1, yeah. So he's, he's a good coach um, and what, he, what he's gone through. So, yeah. He was a very good defensive coach for the Chargers. In fact, I think he was a defensive coach when the Chargers made the AFC Championship game against the Jets in 2010. Yeah, he, he looks like a scary fella. Like, if, if you were to do something wrong with him, like, if him and, imagine him and Mike Tom were having a fight... <laughs> I don't know who would win that in a boxing. I think they're two quality guys, though. Like, I think there's a bit of yeah. mutual respect there, to be honest. Um, oh, it's a lot better than the Wang Harbs. Uh, don't oh. even start. Don't start oh. on Wang Harbs. <laughs> um. So to wrap up the show, Mark, do you have a sling in the slang? So for all those listeners out there, you are listening to two Aussie blokes, two mates from down under, other side of the world. I said earlier, we record on our Friday night. We record 14 hours in the future as well. So it's kind of like almost two days in the future by the time we go to air. And, you know, um, we bring in probably what's a very different perspective and a very different accent to what you're used to hearing about your Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, there's certainly no lost love, you know, despite the, what is it? What is it like? Twelve thousand miles or something in the air for twenty uh, in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's fourteen by it's fourteen hours by plane. I'm not too sure how many miles. Yeah, it's something like twelve. Hours. But anyway, what we do like to do each week is we like to give our um the listeners out there a bit of a taste of Aussie slang. So just like Ben slings the rock, we like to sling the slang. Um, I got to admit though, Mark, and I tried to weave a few different things through the show. It's getting harder. It's getting harder yeah. to sort of like come up with these words that, you know, that we feel like the, the the fans throughout the world will be able to use. 
there's a lot of there's a lot of different slangs and phrases in, in uh, Australiana that we honestly cannot say online and we cannot say in a podcast. And maybe even our slang we probably cannot say for a two AM show. So we're using all the PG friendly ones because, um, like, I don't want to swear on air. Um, but mine this week is, if anything you take out of this game, just have a gander at Washington football team. Just see how they're playing and see where they're going to go go next year. Um, yeah, have a gander, have a geese. Look, Mark, I actually, I really, really, really <laughs> struggled this week. I honestly, like, I was, I was thinking about a word and I was like, Ugh. and you know what? It was like, I think it was hard because this week I've been pretty flat chat. So that was my word. That was my, yeah. that was my, uh, that was my thing. I was just thinking about it. I was like, yeah, I've been pretty flat chat. And I was like, boom, that's what it is. So for all listeners out there, flat chat is something that we'd say for being super busy. Um, and, you know, I think when we look at the Steelers this week, it's been a pretty flat chat week where they've just been busy with all this different COVID stuff and, you know, your players out and, you know, here, there and everywhere and whatever. And I think, when we look at this week's game, look for the Steelers' offensive line to be flat chat in taking out, you know, and and, and holding Ben up right against a, a, a decent, a really decent Washington football team defensive line. Equally, look for our receivers to be flat chat trying to actually not drop a pass this week, you know, and gosh, hope we end up 12-0. and Exactly. You can even expand on that, Matty. Um like out in the bush, like flat out like a lizard drinking. Is that the, the diet is Flat out like that? a lizard drinking, yep. Yeah, there's, there's, there's tons like that. I need to look into more Australiana, but yeah, flat chat's awesome. But see, these things come to us and we don't even know we have them. Yeah, it's, um, it's crazy. Like, and particularly when you find the different ones as well. And Mark, as Mark said, there's a lot that we probably can't say on, <laughs> yeah, it, it's on just a PG a, podcast. It's just our language as well. I had a conversation with, I've met some friends today. Uh, we went out the, to uh, the, the beach, had some, had some food, some, some beers and stuff. Just the way we talk, I think it's because it is so hot and we don't want to talk that much. So we, we shorten our sentences and we just hope that, and I hope that Maddie picks up on it and understands what I'm saying. And I hope that you guys understand what I'm saying. Um, I love it. I like that. I love traveling the world as well. With and, and hopefully, I can go on a BTSC tour, and maybe they can uh, chip in for flights around America or South America or, or wherever, and we can get this thing really huge. But this week, we've got to focus on getting twelve and zero. Twelve and zero. All right, Mark. Any final thoughts? You know what? No real final thoughts. Just, just um, let's keep winning. I don't want to play to have this idea where we play to lose. Uh, I think we can, we can, we can win this game. We can win the next game. Uh, every game starts at zero. Uh, if we get three points, we have a chance to win. That's how good our defense is playing. So, what do you reckon? Yeah, I just think it's about starting, starting fast, and you'll finish fast. Go Steelers. <laughs>